Hello and welcome to episode 13. Right? There we go. 13. <laughs> episode 13. I, I, my, old, my, my old age is really getting to me right now. <laughs> uh, episode 13 of Uncle Dad Talks. Uh, the song you just heard was Clucks. And that's Clucks by Brasco. And of course, as always, you can find that song on what channel? What platform, Vivid Game? Soundstripe.com. That's right. Soundstripe.com. As always, they, they help us out greatly. They help us find this amazing music every time. And you know, it's funny. Uh, I've gotten a few messages as we've, as we've been doing this. And people seem to like the music a lot that we check, check out, uh, that, we, uh, that we feature. And it makes me think like maybe one day we'll do like an episode where we look back at all these songs and play them fully or at least maybe more than, you know, 15 seconds. Because mm-hmm. some people want to sign up for a soundstripe. Some people don't. And maybe if we play more of the music, maybe they'll be willing to uh, sign up. So I don't know. What do you yeah, think? Maybe if we bring back Uncle Dad Radio. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, it's funny you say that because I'm, I'm, I'm playing with an idea of doing an Uncle Dad Talks via because uh, the things that mean a lot to me are comic books and video games and music and mm-hmm. i want to do one with because we can kind of do music and video game or sorry video games and comics with this one mm-hmm. but we can't really do music that's tricky so i kind of want to do one uh it, it, right now me and uh mike are figuring that out and we might actually be making that happen soon no oh, cool so Anyways, that's a lot of a lot of stuff you guys don't even care about. So you know what? I'll just say this. Uh, yeah, that's Clockstripe, Brasco, Soundstripe.com. And as always, you can save 10% off your first month subscription of Soundstripe. And what's that promo code? Uncle Dad Talks 10. Uncle Dad Talks 10, indeed. Save 10% off. Get yourself basically a free song out of that. Enjoy yourself and make something with it. Use that music to dance to you. Make, use that music to play games to you. Use that music to do an unboxing video. Do whatever you can to be creative or just have a good time. And without further ado, I've already mentioned him a bunch of times, but here he is, the beloved co-host of Uncle Dad Talks, David Gabe. David Gabe, what's up? Hello. David Gabe. I'm starting to lose track of the episodes as well, by the way. (laughs) Are you? (laughs) Yeah, because we've done like a couple of side ones and it's... Our our, our side chicks? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah, man. It's been a... It's a continuous journey of growth and I like that we've been doing side episodes. I like that we've been doing... um, I don't know. It's it's going to be, and I know the further this goes, it's going to be even harder, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm excited to see this grow continuously and see how far we can get with this. And Baby Gabe, we are nothing without Baby Gabe. So everybody who's who's listening, let's That's give him right. a round of applause. We don't appreciate him enough. And he doesn't no. he didn't even expect this. So you know what? We're just, everybody who's there, take a second, clap your hands like this. Because you know what, Baby Gabe deserves that. Thank you so much, Baby Gabe. I make a note if you're in public and doing this, you look ridiculous. <laughs> Do that <they> though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Someone's yeah. standing in line and just going. <laughs> but yes, with Baby zero Gabe. context with the people around them. That's funny. Uh, but thank you so much for all your hard work and effort in this. Nothing. <laughs> huh? Oh no, I didn't hear what you said. I Sorry. Said, thank you for all your hard work and effort in our project. Oh, yeah. I mean, thank me by signing my, continue to sign my checks. <laughs> yeah. Your checks of zero dollars. <laughs> yep. So thought that counts. Of course. Of course. Uh, today's episode, we are featuring a very special uh, artist. Uh, I don't believe she has an artist's name, correct? No. Uh, yeah. So we are going to be speaking with Annika Zaman or Zaman. 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 If I said Zaman. that incorrectly, I apologize. Uh, but once we get this interview started, we'll get that corrected. Uh, 
Uh, all right, Annika, welcome to the show. Thank you. So let's go ahead and start from the beginning. Where does the the journey of art begin for you? Oh my gosh, um, I don't know. Probably when I was little, my both my parents are artists, but in their own right. Like my dad did handicrafts a lot. What was that called? H handicrafts. Handicrafts, like batik work, silk screening. Like in the seventies, he used to ah. do. Um, teach classes and workshops and that he was officially a photographer and uh, videographer so I mean I had art growing up around me when I was little and where did you grow up I grew up um, it's a little complicated with me I grew up half in New York that's where I was born and raised awesome. and half in Bangladesh um, my dad worked with the UN for many, many years, and he'd kind of go back and forth between between the two countries, which made for a pretty interesting childhood. I can only imagine, for sure. Yeah. So. But yeah. So your parents are in the art industry. Uh, where does that go for you? Um. So I've sort of decided, like, I wanted to be a doctor when I was little, and awesome. I was just like obsessed with anatomy and things like that. So. I don't know, being a South Asian person, I think hitting 13, I looked around and like everyone wants to be a doctor. So I decided to take a left turn <laughs> at that at that point. Um, I was like, you know what? I really like comics and I love reading and telling stories. And I'm going to try and get into an art high school and go to the School of Visual Arts. And that was my goal at like 12. Awesome. Oh, wow. That's a pretty strong goal to have. What was I doing at 12? I know. What, you, what are you doing now? I have no <laughs> clue. I don't even know what I'm doing now. You can't even get this show to work right. <laughs> I, I wing it. Um, Attica, so then when you're in, so you do, do you get accepted to the art high school at one point or no? I did. Okay. Yeah. It was, um, I went to the high school of visual, um, high school of art and design. And uh, it was one of the few, there are like three major art schools in New York, but it was one of the few that was more mostly for commercial arts and they were the one that had a comics program and that was what i was really interested in interesting so kind of like get some more backstory here with the comics interest what was the first comic book you read that kind of made you go oh man i want to be i want to do this oh i don't even i don't even remember um no no worries it, it's always like it's just been a part of my childhood like i basically devoured any books that i could get my hands on okay and my dad was a big reader in uh, sci-fi fantasy mostly awesome and um, I just grew up like going to cons with them and going to like comic book shops that also had fantasy novels. And it just, uh, I guess, became, it was just a part of me awesome. from so, a young age. So I'm assuming uh, you must be familiar with A.R. Salvatore? Oh, yes, yes. Or R.A. Salvatore, no, sorry. I haven't read a lot of them, but I'm familiar with them. Awesome, awesome. Sure. Yeah, so the, the art high school. You were there for all four years? Yes, I was there for all four years. And then we did like regular math and history and all that stuff. But I think once we got into, we did art, extra art classes as well as that. Okay. And then once we got into our junior, senior year, we had to pick a focus. And then it was like two hours of um, just comics or whatever your focus was. And then the rest of your classes. Awesome. Being in New York too is great for the comic book industry because I'm, I'm sure you know so many legends came from that area. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a, it's such a great neighborhood to be in. I think when you're kind of falling oh, yeah. in love for comics, um, for sure. It was it was we had um, you know like some of the big like Midtown comics, yep, Forbidden Planet, like, yep. right in the city too. So that was really a lot of our haunts. 
back then too for inspiration. Yeah, I, I loved I loved Midtown Comics. Every time I get, when I go to New York, I, I love going there. Oh yeah, no, it was uh, probably like four blocks away from my school, so we just walk over after. Oh wow, that sounds that sounds awesome. So after the art high school, do you go directly into college or? I did for a year. I stayed at SVA. Did a lot of my like foundation classes there and then my parents decided to move back to Bangladesh and you know they're like not really ready to like have the family break apart at the time so I ended up going with them which I wasn't happy about but it gave me the opportunity to work on some things while I was there too. I'm sure and then how old were you when you had to go to Bangladesh? It was different points in my life I think I was there since I was from seven to like nine at one point and then and then this this was like say 18 to 20. Interesting okay. What is that yeah. like, uh, spending your your early adult years in Bangladesh? Lonely. Lo- really? Like very lonely. Yeah. Why, I mean, why, why is that? For me, like, it was around the time I was, like, really discovering that I might be queer and going from a culture where, like, I had friends that I could probably talk to, like, living in New York um, who are queer as well, to... And it was like a different time too. Like it was like the early 2000s. So um, people didn't really talk about like that stuff as openly as we do like say today, which um, is a really wonderful change forward. But in Bangladesh, I really didn't go anywhere or do anything. So at the time it was like having somewhat of a community and a support system to like having nobody. Interesting. When you're in Bangladesh in your adult years, are you doing any art? you kind of help deal with this at all? Uh, yeah, I had some stupid comics that I entertained myself with. There's no such thing as stupid comics. Oh, yeah. It was, <laughs> like, it was just like silly, silly day of the life kind of kind of comics at the time just to kind of keep myself sane mostly read a lot i just i watched a lot i think i watched a lot of anime (laughs) there too awesome awesome now do you have a favorite anime i like so many things i don't really (laughs) i don't know that's fair that's fair that's kind of a on the spot question it's like what's your favorite movie yeah exactly but yeah i do have like a funny anime story from there it just like it's not they just have like random dvd stores over there it's not like um really organized or anything and most of it's probably you know whatever they if people got it but there, (laughs) there was like this one store where they had like more adult anime too i guess but it was a secret box so i'd have a guy and he'd, he'd be like oh yeah and then it was just like oh yeah what other anime do you got you know i'm just like buying like whatever you know G- gto or you know initial d and things like that and they're like oh no and they turn no 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 she's okay bring up the other box like i was making illicit <laughs> illicit deal but no no she's cool it's okay bring the other box of anime contraband anime out Wow, the the black market uh, Bangladesh anime market. Right, it was really silly. We got we got to go out there and make some money, baby. Gabe, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Awesome. So you're there and you're dealing with kind of what you said the the loneliness and stuff, and you created these silly comics. Do you kind of put those comics out there for the world to see, or is it more just a personal thing? A little bit of both. Like I have like I don't know like a live journal or something at the time, and that's. That's how I just dated myself. Um, But it was just, it was like, just like for five people or something. It was 
it was uh, not a really big following or anything, but it was just mostly mostly there for me, just to stay sane. Okay, okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I think um, initially when we started this Uncle Dad thing, we thought uh, no one was even going to listen, but surprisingly, people have been listening, and so like, yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> uh, sometimes you just have to just do it for yourself, and I think everybody else kind of picks up along as time goes on. Yeah, for sure. I was wondering if you would touch base more on like what it felt to be because you said you were starting to come to the realization that you were queer aside from drawing was there like anything else you used as an outlet to like express yourself or to kind of come to terms with that I don't know I thinking at that time I was pretty repressed super repressed mm -hmm. my parents were also very like they're not as conservative as I suppose Muslim parents can be but it was never like outright it was always sort of like under underneath there's always like an extra layer to everything they said I don't know if I'm explaining that well but it'd be like little things like oh um there's a queer friend that you've been hanging out with and I know like your relationship is getting too intense and oh that person is not a good influence on you or like then subtle like shaming mm -hmm. or whatever like and it's just like consistent or this one time my father was like oh yeah I'm gonna be taking you to Bangladesh we're gonna cure you of your affliction I'm like what affliction what are you talking about <laughs> So, but it was meaning that, you know, and I realized that like years later, I'm like, oh, that's, that's what you were talking about. You're going to try and make me less, less clear somehow by taking wow. me away from my support system. I can only imagine how rough that might be. Yeah, it was, it was really lonely. It wasn't a good, good point in my life, but there's a silver lining to that. Sure. As there always is. As right? there always is. I got really into like role-playing communities on the internet and ended up meeting my wife through one of the like my eventual wife through one of these communities awesome. so, you know jokes when you say role-playing do you mean like like rpg tabletop sort of or do you mean more more adult <laughs> <laughs> not adult role-playing but like where you make original characters and like i guess collaborative right that's sort of role-playing oh okay yeah. okay <laughs> I'm, not, I'm actually not too familiar with that, so interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's like a virtual version of LARPing yeah. type of thing. Is it? Like, is it? You're, okay. Yeah, you're like writing a narrative story with other people, essentially. But you're not actually... Ah. Yeah. No, yeah. That's intriguing to me. Yeah. It's essentially like tabletop RPGs just without the game elements. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, Annika, tell us what, what point... And please forgive me if I'm saying the comic book wrong. At what point then do you start developing the idea for... Uh, is it Bahut Ali or Bahut Ali? Ali? Um, it's Bahut Ali. Um, I don't know. It kind of it kind of developed probably close to like 2017 around that that okay. time. I've been doing a lot of I've been going through therapy the last bunch of years, and it's one of the things that came up around that. I wanted to write something that I would have liked reading as a kid, and I love ghost stories, and I love folklore, and I love um, you know like the sort of like stories with like a supernatural sense in them. And there's a alley that's called uh in Dhaka, like in, in in Bangladesh and so the joke was always like it's actually named after I guess a colonel or something who lived there whose name was Booth but people just turned it into Booth over the years and gotcha. so Booth means ghost in my language oh. so it's just like oh it's gonna be like this ghost street that these kids stumble on and also kind of like a love letter to being that sort of childhood, like being a child in a completely different culture from what you're used to and where you grew up and then spirited away into something completely even more different than what that is and what that means. And that idea of like, I had all these things that happened to me that was out of my control, but 
I can make a really interesting story about kids who are taking control of their lives and, you know, taking that, empowering themselves. And that's kind of the idea behind it. Now, this book is available in physical format? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. It is, it is like, I'm still in the planning process. So I'm still writing. I want to I wanna start it off as a comic and then see okay. if I can move it, expand it from there. Gotcha. Uh, would you self-publish it? I think so. I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah. So, but Hoot Alley, or, I'm sorry, how do you say it? I'm sorry. It's a boot, like B-H-O-O-T. It's, it's, it's like a harder, harder sound for uh, Westerners to make, like, it's it's like boo. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm gonna have to get better at that. I think. <laughs> Forgive us. Uh, but yeah. So now, if we can talk, let's talk uh, inspirations. Because I am curious when I get whenever we get to talk about to somebody who's into comics and kind of making comics, who are your comic book inspirations? Oh gosh. Um, and you can name as many as you want. You can talk about whatever you want with them because we love talking about comics. Fantasy writers as well. Fantasy like writers doesn't matter comics. what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Neil Gaiman's really heavy for a writer, but fantasy writer. Yeah. I really like that type of story. Like his storytelling is just really good. And awesome. Yeah. Um, Miyazaki, uh, especially with Booth Valley, I wanted to have that sort of like epic feel too. It's like manga. I've been a huge fan of Kazuya Minokura. She did like Sayuki. Um, her writing is also excellent. And yeah, like I have a lot of inspirations from a lot of different places. Does your inspiration mostly come from the um, like the, the manga world? In the uh, fantasy world? All over. Um, I'm, you know, finding a lot of um, history, too. A lot of history. Interesting. Okay. I love reading. Uh, I Lately, I've just been really obsessed with reading, like, history of, like, the Indian subcontinent and even, like, family history, like, family stories. Family. I've been collecting a lot of that. I have one of my other, like, projects that I'm work- I've been working on for years. It's, like, it's sort of influenced by a lot of those stories and a lot of those history, too. That's interesting to me because I think you're probably one of the first guests that we've had that when we talk about inspirations they don't say like sabu sema uh they don't say like um you know obviously stan lee or jack kirby and it's interesting to kind of get a different perspective on that uh, especially when you're talking about comic books like oh, oh we're talking those about big greats of course like i mean i'm from new york so stan lee like i grew up on spider-man and stuff but yeah sure but- sure yeah but I mean, I think for me, it's just like I ended up being very eclectic in like the way I've grown up and the way I've picked up things from the different places I've, you know, lived in. So it's a little, I think my comics journey was a little different too. No, that, that's that's fascinating to me. I think it's always interesting hearing about people's comic book journey. You know, some people start in very weird spots, you know, because like with me, I can tell you like I didn't, I started kind of looking through the window when it came to my comics journey like i didn't really read comics that much when i was younger but i somebody very close to me would get them every day all, all every week every wednesday and you know he would show them to me but i wouldn't read them but that was kind of like my first dive into the comic book world yeah so i, t- I totally understand what you're saying absolutely more to your point that it's good to hear other people that inspire you aside from you know big names which everyone's is rightfully is going to be inspired by by big name artists and writers but to hear from a facet of different writers that inspire could draw more people to go look into them and read them more if it's a section that they perhaps haven't explored before. Yeah, no, for sure. But I don't know, like, I just pick up inspiration. I I read a lot. I I like watching a lot of medium. My wife is also super into 
all kinds of media. So she like inspo shows me things she likes too. And I'm like, oh, that's so like, that's such good storytelling. Or, oh, I want this type of element in my own stories. Right. You can pull from, from different areas. You know, your, your art style slightly makes me think of, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Barrington. Mm-mm. No, I don't. Dan Barrington is known for a book called The Nocturnals. It is a fantasy horror uh, comic book. And when I say horror, I mean that lightly. I mean more horror inspired like the vintage 1940s like horror style mm. but it, it makes me think of that a little bit I, I, I when you look them up i'm sure you'll see it's not dead on but there's something you talked about the idea of it being very epic and i can totally feel that and that's where it gives me that same feeling as uh, what dan barrington did with uh, the nocturnals a very epic beautifully written uh beautifully drawn kind of like horror not, again i say horror but like more like monster themed like product I, I don't know thriller well no it's it's it, I mean more like, like it's it's hard to explain if you're not really big into the horror and uh, market. Which are you big into horror, Annika? I love horror. Okay, like, awesome. Then if that's the case, then we're talking like you know, inspired kind of like by early Swamp Thing, early uh, early Frankenstein, uh, early. Um, it has a very vintage look to it. Oh yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what makes me think. You know, the very epic proportions, and that, and that kind of makes me think about your work. It's very epic like that. So I, I think when you say that, I can totally see that, and I think it's exciting to see where you're going to bring uh, your book to and see it grow. It's something very interesting. I, I don't know. I'm I'm very excited about it. That's exciting. Thank you so much. Of course, um, we are all about empowering everybody here on the show. So like, I think everybody has a beautiful story to tell, and I think it's amazing that people have been kind of reaching out to us and sharing their stories and just being a part of this community and it's amazing so thank you for just being on the show again uh i was curious uh because the main reason that i reached out to you was a specific comment that you drew and posted on your twitter about being queer bangladeshi uh american uh, who's an illustrator and a artist and so what inspired you to draw and post that uh at the time that you did oh gosh that was a journey in itself so my entire life i've sort of lived in these sort of compartmentalized boxes like when i grew up in in the states i mean i could sort of be my like weirder queerer self but i had to leave the more culturally muslim or culturally bengali side you know to the side being bicultural it's it's i think it's like that for a lot of POC, uh, poc kids mm -hmm. uh, growing up and but in bangladesh it was the opposite effect where I couldn't, I, I couldn't really relate to the culture on my own terms. Okay. So like what ended up happening is like, I just kind of shut myself down. I kind of like closed off like 80% of my personality and it's just like, oh yeah, she's so quiet. And like, no, I'm, I'm not really that quiet. I'm just like, I can't be true to who I am. Right. Um, so the problem with being closed off is like, I never really met too many other people who were like me at the time and, you know, mm -hmm. going through college, going through a lot of the other stuff, um, it, and eventually like just sort of, uh, putting some of my work out there on Twitter, I ended up meeting a few other Bengali queer illustrators and, you know, like it was my first time seeing like, Hey, there's, there are other people out there like me. And maybe I sh could be okay with myself in like expressing my identity in that way. And when it's like stuff I've been thinking about anyway, like over the last few years, just like what Islam means to me, what being Bengali means to me, what being queer means to me, like all these questions. And 
um, when this hashtag that um, Chaslene Khan and um, Bushra started for Art Mubarak, I was like, you know, this is a good opportunity to really explore that and explore that in a way that, in a language that I know I can speak, which is, you know, sequential art. And mm-hmm. um, it was posting that was probably the most terrifying thing I've done in like a long time. It was really scary because I am closeted to some of my family members and especially the ones who live in Bangladesh. Um, I think aside from my immediate family, like only like five cousins know that I'm, know that I'm gay. I'm just secretive about it with everyone else. And mm-hmm. um, so putting it out there and putting my story out there is just, really scary um but i but, think you should be proud that you did though i mean like it's, it's scary I'm glad I did. yeah absolutely right i'm really grateful that it like i wasn't expecting the sort of response that i got the like i didn't know what i was expecting i was just like okay it's too late it's out there now <laughs> but seeing the kids who are inspired like saying like oh yeah i never thought it could be real for me and I remember being there. I remember being 19 and going, hey, I, I don't know if I want to live. I don't know if, like, what's wrong with me? Like, hey, you know, like, asking these questions, like, hey, God, do you love me? Everyone's telling me that I'm not supposed to be like this, that I'm supposed to be, like, married with kids or something. But that's not, or like, in this certain way. And But I'm not that. And I wouldn't have been able to imagine that for myself at that time. But I guess it's like that feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm grateful. I live in San Francisco. I have a certain level of privilege that a lot of other kids don't have where I don't have to fear for my life because of where I live and where I am and who I love. And I have the skill where I can utilize that to tell stories that are meaningful, that if I can make other queer kids feel like they're a little less alone, that's meaningful to me. Absolutely. I think, uh, one, that's very beautiful. And two, it, I think right now, even though we are like in, in a press press where things are changing, right, where like you're seeing more representation in, in comic books and movies and whatever, I, I do feel that the queer community still is not represented that well in comic books. So it's it's nice to know that someone out there is trying to represent them and you know represent that community and represent kind of a strong positive message for that and i think we need that because on a previous episode we talked about queer representation and you know how some people don't like the idea of just taking characters that already exist and making them you know gay straight or gay uh you know queer whatever and it to, to some points i understand why they do it but it is nice to see somebody creating like an all new IP to kind of get people to get connected to something that they might be, feel. That's something you should be very proud of because you're, you're part of something much bigger and you're part of something that can be the next big comic book, if you will, that the world needs probably. No, I mean, there's a lot of people doing that and I'm inspired by a lot of my, you know, my peers. I'm so grateful to both the queer and the, some of the amazing illustrations that came out of Art Mubarak. They were so beautiful and inspiring. And honestly, I'm just glad we exist. I'm glad we're putting work out there. What's down the line for you now? Um, Aside from all the projects I'm doing on my own. Sure, yeah. (laughs) Let's see. I I have a few projects that I'm kind of working on in my free time. I'm still trying to finish writing Puthali. I might bring my brother on to help me write that too. Awesome. Uh, since it's our shared childhood too, so it'd be kind of fun to uh, collaborate. I'm also like I guess the queer comic that I posted on uh, Twitter might be 
part of a larger series of poetry comics. So something that's like in the intersection of poetry and just pictures that go along with it. Over the last year, I've been kind of getting, going through a lot of trauma issues. Like I have PTSD, so it's like getting from memories back and dealing with a lot of past trauma. So um, I've been kind of using it as a way to kind of express. So it'll probably be, end up being like a collection of those. I have another fantasy epic that I've been working on. It was a comic project since I was in the end of college. And this one's like more historical fantasy, uh, definitely way more queer and, and more of an adult fantasy than for kids or anything like that. Awesome. Um, so that one's more like Indian historical fantasy, alternate history type deal with magic and in like princes and political intrigue and sex so sounds, uh, sounds like a good time <laughs> yeah basically so a lot of the like oc stuff that i've been posting up is from that awesome uh, lately you know so. you, you uh bringing that up what is your thought in like sexual content in video and video games sexual content in comic books oh um, i'm i'm pretty chill with it like personally i don't really care one way one way or the other i grew up on reading things that i probably shouldn't have been reading at my age um, <laughs> and black market comics that were definitely not for my age rating so i don't like, <laughs> you know i'm probably not the best person to ask <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh what's uh well, because I bring up sexuality, because I feel like sexu sexual content in comic books have been like kind of like rising, at least in the mainstream market. I, I, t I talk about this book all the time on the show, and it's called uh, Faithless. Have you read oh, that? Oh, Faithless. No, I haven't, but I'm putting it down on my list. You actually might like Faithless, because it's based, it, it takes the world, it takes queer, uh, it takes gay, straight, doesn't matter what it is, puts it together with the mythical and like mysterious aspect of like witch witchcraft and a lot of sex. Oh, yeah, I'd probably be into it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very graphic, very graphic. If you get the, so right now they're doing Faithless 2, and that series has a bunch of covers that interconnect with each other, and it's just mm. one giant orgy continually going on. <laughs> but the art is phenomenal. Baby Gabe, can you pull her name up real quick for the artist? I always forget her name, Maria yeah. something. But the art is from a woman in Barcelona. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know for sure, but if I remember correctly, I believe she's also a queer artist, and uh, her her art style is so it's it's so unique and it's so beautiful and it's written by i forget his last name yet too is but it's a brian something and his the artist is maria uh jove yeah. l-o-v-e-t yeah. yeah so her art is incredible so i cannot recommend that enough please check that out if you can Faithless. I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> but yeah i just bring that up because it's like i've been seeing more comic books uh in the mainstream world being more open about sexual content and sexual you know almost like a sexual awakening it's exciting to see that because i think we shouldn't be afraid to be talking about sexual orientation and we shouldn't be afraid to talk about sex i mean it's something we do right it's something that yeah people to do for I pleasure mean, i know yeah. it probably came out of the comics code with in the 50s that whole like <laughs> the you know? yeah. oh the beloved <laughs> comics code uh, <laughs> when, you, when you could even say zombie i don't know if you remember that or not but you can only say it's a baby <laughs> they actually wouldn't even allow you to say mob like i think it was mobster you couldn't even say that either back in the day really yeah. some, some mobster wow. and then like uh certain like gang things you couldn't say uh it was so funny because <laughs> it used to be like back in the 40s and 30s it was like 
a place where people could like talk about, you know, like express sex and oh, yeah. being queer and a lot of those things. And then it's just like, yeah, well, here, hey, here's the comics code. We're gonna we're gonna read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you familiar with Robert Crumb? I am. Awesome. You just got 10, yeah. plus 10 points in my book. <laughs> a lot of people don't know who that is. And I think and Robert. I must be keeping track. Yeah. <laughs> Robert <laughs> Cummins. My... He was based in SF for a while, I think, too, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, he's in. Where did where did Sucklord say he's at now, Baby Games? I do not remember. Germany? Maybe. I honestly couldn't yeah. tell you. One of our previous guests, his name is, he's a famous uh, toy maker. His name's Sucklord. And uh, he had brought up that uh, he lives in somewhere in France or Germany. And I, was, I think it is Germany. Yeah. I don't think about it. <laughs> I thought he was dead. That's why I brought that up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that's awesome. Like Robert Crumb, I think, was one of those pioneers in the, in the world of sexual, sexually driven content in comic books. And he drew yeah. women in very interesting like portions. I'm sure you know like they're very curvy for sure yeah i'm pretty familiar with his, with his work awesome that's awesome yeah um yeah so now let's let's talk let's talk comics as well uh what are you are you reading anything right now um right now i'm reading uh i got i kind of ended up getting sucked into that chinese uh chinese epic uh Modao zishi and it's really good it's like supernatural fantasy um historical queer uh, it was like a bl story and i kind of ended up watching the anime and then now i'm watching the live live action on netflix and i'm reading the the, the comic as well online <laughs> so i just got sucked in like this weekend it was all part of it it's nice. really good <laughs> yeah what was that called again i'm sorry it's called uh, i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right it's called uh Modai uh, Zushi, I think it's uh, in the in Netflix. It's called the Untamed, the series. But yeah, it was just a really good story. <laughs> yeah, uh, Baby Gabe is probably more the anime person here on the show. I don't really know too much about anime. That would be me, yeah. but I actually haven't seen it's, this. I'm gonna have to check no, it out. It's, it's a Chinese um, Chinese work. Uh, it's really good. I'll um, yeah. I'll send you the link later. Yes, um, please. Definitely worth checking out. You know, I I have like all I have so many questions to ask you, but like they're like I I feel like you covered them all because like you were so great in telling <laughs> your story. So thank you. With the current situation of like what's happening in our life with the whole Black Lives Matter, do you think it's time to start talking about those stories more so in like different media formats? So like let's say comic books. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Like, and I mean, I'm not the person. Um, it's right not my story to tell but i think it's really important to understand what the intersections of people living their lives are and more more of like that sort of like we need to hear more black stories i want to see more work from um black illustrators and black artists and people telling their own stories because like media is one of those things like when I lived in Bangladesh, I worked for, um, actually it was for my dad's company, but we worked a lot with UN agencies to uh, work on um, making different animations about awareness campaigns and things like that. So it's like one of those things, like media is one of those things where people see first and it's the easiest and best way to change people's hearts and minds. And the more stories that there are out there, like you can empathize with people and like understand where people are coming from and i think that's so 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 important in our current i mean in any climate honestly but yeah. more so now than before absolutely that's that's incredibly well said yeah i, I completely agree with that it's nice seeing that i because I, I do see the stories out there but i feel like there's not enough of them and i feel like we need to start and i think obviously in the mainstream world we need more bigger companies to be a part of that right like marvel should be part of that image yeah know? and it's not yeah. that there aren't because i'm seeing a lot of black creators on twitter 
create beautiful works and inspired works. But I think like people need to pay uh, people of color and black indigenous people like the way they would pay other people, you know, yeah. that's really important. They need to have that space, not just say, oh, we need to be inclusive. Yeah, right. You know, we put that like extra effort behind it. Right. So are you familiar <laughs> with the Comics Gate? A little bit, but not not too much. Uh, maybe Gabe, can you kind of break that down for us? Yeah. So Comics Gate essentially is people feeling that uh, inclusion of like artists and writers of color is being forced upon them uh, and that it's lowering the quality essentially of new comic stories or current comic IPs that are already out there. They feel it's, yeah, like like it's being forced upon them and that it's actually making the quality worse. I don't know. I think that says more about what they consider quality content than anything else, you know? Right, right. Like... Yeah, agreed. Um, I know there was a company who was kind of, maybe gave remind me, they were against, they were for it, right? It was... Uh, Dynamite Comics? Yeah, they yeah. were, they, they were kind of aligned with Comicsgate. Uh, so they had a lot of issues within like the last month about uh, artists uh, ending their contracts or not renewing them upon expiration because of the fact that Dynamite was in support of Comicsgate. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Yeah, it, it's just some wild stuff. And I just kind of wanted to, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad the way you touched on everything. The way you touched on everything to me is perfect on how we deal with everything right now. And I think, I guess... A big part of the big, the big problem, and I guess this is kind of my fault too, is I'm very big in the, the mainstream comic book market, but I don't really follow the independent scene that much. And I think I must be missing on a, a bunch of stories in the independent world. And so maybe I need to be more cognizant of that and look and see what the independent comic book world has to offer more than the mainstream world. But it's so hard because I, I read, I literally read so many books every week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I think uh, you bring up a very good point with that. So thank you. Uh, I'm curious, actually, with everything that's going on with COVID, uh, how has that kind of like affected your work, or has it like because I mean, we originally did this as a creative outlet of sort uh, to stay mm. connected between the two of us, and uh, but also also to you know Sorry. reach out to other creators. <laughs> But yeah. uh, I was wondering, like, has that affected you at all, and like with your work? Uh, it has actually. Like originally, you know, I just worked at a cafe. Um, I taught I uh, taught some kids how to make comics uh, as a as a job like two days a week, and then I worked at uh, Pete's Coffee for a little while, and then after COVID hit, I'm like I'm am uh, sorry <laughs> I'm immunocompromised um, I have asthma so having a respiratory disease would be really 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 bad for me, so I ended up uh, quarantining since March and. It's kind of good because it kind of gave me a lot of time to think and really think about what it is I want to do, what it is I want to go forward in. I mean, I don't want to work at a cafe forever. And it kind of had me focus on like getting more artwork out there, getting, making more comics, writing the type of stories I want to write. Um, you know, like I'm thinking like right now I'm working on getting a, launching my own small business so I can make illustrations and sell illustrations under there. And that's what I want to do full time. That's amazing. Um, since you are in San Francisco, have you been seeing, obviously given everything that's happening right now, have you been seeing an increase in like art everywhere? A little bit. I mean, I live a little bit more in the, um, in the avenues. So like there's been a lot more like, you know, just art in general, like people, the boarded restaurants, people just go yeah. up and drop things in it, on it and stuff like that. But I haven't actually been out 
uh, outside too too often like occasionally just to walk my dog oh yeah you definitely got to stay safe right now so i totally i totally understand yeah. annika we are going to wrap up pretty soon but before we do right. uh maybe gabe is there anything else you'd like to ask i'm curious just uh is there any like major no not necessarily major major indie uh comic book publisher you would see as like an ideal place to work at uncle dad comics uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be working with not at <laughs> I'm not sure. I haven't really like thought it through yet, but I guess anyone who like shares, you know, I would love to work with anyone who would share my values, um, you know, just creating like really good stories, really diverse stories, you know, that would, that would be my ideal. Do you know where I think you would fit perfectly? And I think you'd fit perfectly at Skybound Image. I haven't heard of them, unfortunately. Skybound is the basically the creator of Walking Dead. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, so it, but it's a partnership between the two to uh, to publish the comic. It's uh, Skybound and Image. If you look at their books and what they're made, to me, Image Comics right now is one of the only mainstream publisher that is making the stories we all need to read right now. So. I think they've always been that too. Like, I oh, was, totally. Like, I remember reading more Image comics than reading like DC or Marvel. Oh, up. totally. But now, to me, they're even like amping it up even more. And then also, Boom Studios is like blowing up right now in a very great way. And I feel like when I see like your your comic, it makes me think of man. I would love to see that with the image, with the image icon in the upper left. Yeah, definitely going to look into it eventually. <laughs> I yeah. mean, moving forward. Totally, totally. <laughs> Um, I just want to get like work out there first. For sure, so, yeah, yeah, right, of course, and totally. And but Annika, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, kind of fitting, uh, talking with us and just telling your story a little more. And uh, it was it was very insightful, very um, very wonderful to hear. And I think truly everything you're doing, you should be so proud of. I mean, it's you're representing something so so much bigger, and I'm sure you've been through even more than we realize. And I think it's great and overcoming every single obstacle to kind of be where you are now. I think it's something you should be just holding your head up high. And, you know, I, I know your stories will be read by, by tons of people. Uh, lots of great things will come your way for sure. Thank you. I'm so grateful to, uh, for you to have me. And it was absolutely a blast speaking to you guys. Wonderful. Now, before we go, we always ask our guest this question of his. We want you to recommend one comic book for our audience to read. Oh my gosh. Um, Anything you please, but uh, normally it is comic books. I know you're bigger, uh, a bigger uh, manga fan, it seems, so you can recommend, recommend a manga instead. That's totally fine. Uh, you um, just widened the net. I probably, yeah, I probably <laughs> did, but whatever. You made it worse. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm drawing a blank. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. Whatever the first thing comes to your mind. Um, sorry. I, I, yeah, like it's a total blank. I'm so sorry no it's fine how about this how about this you mentioned something earlier that you're currently reading what was that um um let me just i'm gonna make sure that i'm saying it right (laughs) oh it's mo dao zushi it's um m-o-d-a-o-z-u-s-h-i it's really good it's um the manwa is really good the anime is really good uh they have it on youtube um and watching the untamed on uh, netflix it's just all all the adaptions are amazing <laughs> awesome so there you go that's a recommendation thank you <laughs> um, annika again thank you so much uh baby gabe any last words thank you so much for well really just responding to uh, i guess my email in the first place this has been really insightful i love getting different perspectives from a lot of different people no, thank you for reaching out. It was, this was really, really enjoyable. That's awesome. Baby Gabe, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> this is Baby Gabe's first uh, guest he's actually wrangled, so it's been pretty nice to uh, 
to see him grow as an individual. So thank you so much for being the one to, to set the bar high. Thank you. Of course. Uh, yes, Annika, take care of yourself. Be safe. And uh, hopefully we will have you on the show again one day. But yeah, take care of yourself. Thank you again. And uh, yeah, keep keep drawing. Thank you. Stay safe and yeah. uh, keep making amazing content. Of course. Take <laughs> Thank care. You. Bye. Bye.